warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. Today, we are exploring personal, social, health, and economic, slash emotional, slash whatever it is, education, with a folktale from Taiwan. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hello, I'm Abby Marison. I am one of the education program managers for Festival Bridge, and I have 10 years under my belt as teaching in a primary school. Hi, I'm Rob. I'm currently teaching Year 4 class in Milton Keynes, but I've worked in Key Stage 2 downwards. And we're all very pleased to have you, our listener, with us. So, for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust, and hang tight to our magic carpets as we dive into this week's story. Carpenter Mr. Chen is extremely cantankerous and stubborn and really doesn't like his grandson putting things on the dinner table that shouldn't be there. Being a carpenter, Mr. Chen's solution is to extend the legs of his table and chairs until they are several teachers tall. But it isn't long before his ingenuity faces a new challenge. His super tall table and chairs did the trick. His grandson, his grandson's shoes, and his grandson's dog stopped ending up on the table. In fact, the only thing that ended up on the table was dinner. For about two weeks. Then came the day when Mr. Chen was all ready for a nice evening by himself, had climbed up to his table with his dinner, and was just about to start eating when his front door burst open and a tiger ran in. The tiger was sniffing the air. Because Mr. Chen had taken his roof off, the wind had carried the smell of the meat in his dinner all the way to the tiger's home in the woods. Now the tiger began jumping and clawing at the sides of the chairs. It had never climbed a ladder before, but it really wanted that meat. Mr. Chen roared, No, tigers on the table! Tables are for dinner! Do you want me to eat you for dinner? But of course, Mr. Chen knew the tiger was more likely to eat him for dinner. And if you and your young learners want to see if Mr. Chen manages to keep the tiger off the table, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for No Tigers on the Table. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children, and if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvelous Mario Coelho, the full audiobook for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Abby and Rob here by asking, folks, would you be happy to have this story on your table? <laughs> 
I don't know whether I'm a bit mean, but that the parts that I found funny were, you know, everyone was in tears, and <laughs> the, the, it's, it's kind of just that that moment where you're thinking about the grandson who's who's just grinning, and everyone else is sobbing. <laughs> yeah, I like the grandson character. It's a shame he doesn't have more to do in yeah. it, really, isn't it? <laughs> I really liked it as well. I thought the development of the story had enough twists and turns to be like oh oh okay yeah i wasn't expecting that and mm. then i love uh, it when it w- the, the moment it just says a tiger ran in because that, yeah. that did catch me unawares <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though the title i i would just yeah oh that's good to hear yeah yeah i just that was definitely one that made me laugh i think one of the fun parts of writing this story was knowing myself you know what is eventually happening because I, I obviously being the storyteller I, I know what the tiger is trying to do so that moment where um, the tiger comes in to get onto the table itself to escape the flood was actually actually quite emotional to write mm. because at that point I felt like I was the only person on the side of this tiger all of, everybody else is against it and yeah. I really hoped that the the emotion would come across uh, in the storytelling itself oh I'm glad I, it I did. think it was a turning point in the story actually of, of where you feel differently about the character certainly hmm. certainly I did and I, and I think the young readers will will have lots to think about yeah because I think of of all the stories we've had on the podcast so far and um, this is the one that has been the most uh, creative uh, in the sense of my input into it because um yes this is as as always based on folklore but quite a lot of folklore is more anecdotal than story so um what this story is based on is the fact that in taiwan the tiger statue the, the statue of the tiger god is found on the table it's one of the only god statues that you will have on your dinner table and the actual reason for it is that uh, about 250 odd years ago um, there was a genuine flood where Mm. some of the um, one of the temples on the island was going to be flooded so they took all of the uh, idols and the documents from that temple and put it in the earth god's temple and I think it's the earth god um, that is guarded by the tiger so as a as a way of saying thank you when they moved everything back from one temple to the other the tiger went with them as a, a token of gratitude and was put on the table of the of the first temple i think it's the the river god's temple ironically perhaps and and yeah people ever since have got tiger statues to put on their table as a as a mm. kind of way of remembering this it's a lovely anecdote it doesn't make for much of a story so it did require a little bit of development um, but I think it's it's come out quite I'm very pleased with how it's come out it is uh, a story that I know I will enjoy retelling and that the children I work with will enjoy recounting afterwards as well I'm glad you shared that chip because that was one of my questions for you mm. was because obviously I'm reading it as a story and I was I was desperate for the all I, is that true? <laughs> is, he, is he spinning a line here? Do they really have tigers on their table? I was really interested. So um, when you finish on that note, in the not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't got to the end yet, 
But when you finish it on that note saying that there are tigers on the table, I was desperate to know a little bit more about that. So that context mm. is really lovely. That pit is absolutely true. You definitely do go to uh, Taiwan now and find tigers on the table. Mm. I also wanted to um, take the opportunity to get a little bit of the uh, the meaning of being born in the year of the tiger. Um, and is that something we're going to talk about now? Or is that something we're going to talk about later? That's that's for later. I'm I'm getting on mine. It is <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll we'll come back to that. We're going to be talking about um, Chinese New Year itself when we come to our episode all about that, which uh, is going to be next week, I think. Um, for now, though, the morals of the story. Did did you find any? I did find some uh, some morals. I found some PSHE bits which can link to that kind mm. of respecting, generally respect, and how you can show that in different ways. So to start, I've and I've added to it whilst we've been talking. I've been thinking. I started off with just how the the grandchildren did or didn't show respect to Mister Chen, okay. putting things on the Ooh. table that's not very respectful, and then just being like, "Oh, sorry, I did. Uh, uh, mm. I'm going to keep on doing that." how Mr. Chen eventually respected what the granddaughter was saying, like, come on, let's let the tiger onto the table as well, just yeah. to help save it because it is part of the village. And that kind of led me to thinking about a book that I've got for guided reading, which I've not read with my class yet, which is called The Island. And it's by uh, someone called Armin Greda, and it's a picture book. Mm. And in this book... Um, there, there's an island and it's like a, a fortress it's a barren island with the people on it the community there we're all very happy and someone washes up on the beach a stranger hmm. and they start off and they're like oh i'm not sure if we could we should help this person out and then someone takes them in and but then they they're taking their food and their jobs it kind of links very nicely to current political situations yeah, but it's also it about does. Should you just show respect to some people or should you show it to everyone? And it just the whole kind of idea of we do need to respect everyone. We should try and help people as much as possible, especially those who are in need. The tiger came in and was like, ah, the, the water levels are rising. Can you can yeah. you help me? And they were throwing things at it. Like, no, we don't want you here. But then eventually they're like, oh, yeah, it's help save us all. So we need to include it in being part of our community. Yeah, I, I I think that moment in the story for me is kind of a way of saying you never know what's going on in someone else's head, mm, um, exactly. especially if there are language barriers, which I, I guess is what you can call it uh, when, <laughs> when a tiger <laughs> comes in and has difficulty expressing uh, the danger that it's running from. But certainly if you have an attitude of respect for everyone that you meet or everything, every creature that you meet, then that is going to just help with your first impressions and, and help with your mm. first actions as well. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, we could say he's misunderstood, but actually maybe he really did want to eat them. We, we don't know, but it's, <laughs> it's <true>. that. <laughs> it could have been hungry, but that leads to, to what I was going to start off with quite deep for early years in Key Stage 1 is saying, is it okay to steal if you're hungry? Mm. You know, let's really think about what the motives of that tiger are. And if you fed him, he wouldn't want to eat you, but he could be starving and uh, really mm. getting young people to have empathy. And exactly what Rob was saying, you know, learn different people's 
rules. And um, I think what Rob said really links nicely to when you're starting your term off and you're laying down your class rules and your school rules, saying, why do we have these rules? Well, everyone's rules are different. There's a different rule if we come into your home and whether we take our shoes off and where we put them, Mm. there's a different rule for everywhere. So actually just teaching the young people let's find out what the different sets of rules are so that we can be respectful and that we can follow them. Yeah. I found one other bit and it was kind of an activity that you would need to do in uh, groups or partners, kind of mirroring different emotions and expressions because uh, Mr. Chen is, as we know, quite stubborn, cantankerous. Mm. He gets a bit angry as well. So what does that look like? Do you know what you look like when you're angry? Um, It's the eyebrows. It's all in the eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) The nostrils flaring, that kind yeah. of thing. But, oh, that, that's, but, that, that's one I missed. The, the eyebrows oh, pointing yeah. down to the flaring nostrils. Yeah. There we go. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, do, what does it look like in other people? What does it look mm. like in you? Mm. And then look at other emotions as well. What does happiness look like? What do surprise, shock, sadness? So just so it helps to, uh, it's kind of emotional literacy, isn't it? How do, yeah. can you recognise how people are feeling by, not by just saying, are you okay? But by how they yeah. look. That's really useful for thinking, how can you use students who perhaps are on the um, autistic spectrum to use the way they don't read those emotions to teach others? Um, so this that, that's a nice activity for Zen settings, actually, you know, really talking about, OK, that that's what this visual representation actually means. That's how other people read those. Yeah, it's a nice, nice way of going about it. Yeah, because um, I think I've I've seen quite a few SEN children with little books of pictures with a guide mm. to different facial expressions and what the emotions mean. But there is also the fact, isn't there, that some people, if you if you ask them, "Are you okay?" they're not going to give you the the answer that describes exactly how they're feeling. In fact, they may be deliberately trying to hide it. So um, just helping all children to be really sensitive to um, the nuances of body language and facial expression. Um, Not that there's much nuance in how Mr. Chen does things, (laughs) Um, but it could certainly, yeah, lead into that discussion. That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, the village of Sinkang will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And we hope hope to to hear your story soon. soon!